Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey guys, welcome back to Better the Brand Designer Podcast. It's just me today. Hello. Super excited to hang out with you guys on this fine Tuesday. This has been a podcast episode that has just kind of like been on my mind for the past few months, probably because my little baby boy writer is going to be turning two years old at the end of June, which is just absolute insanity. Where has the time gone? Um, If you guys have been listening for a while, you probably will remember me recording a solo episode in 2020, kind of about my postpartum period of time and kind of the transition from, you know, not having a kid to having a kid and then kind of like how that changed my business, how it changed my life. And so I felt like I just wanted to record this um, kind of solo episode to talk a little bit more about kind of like an update on the second year of my baby's life and my second year being a mom running a business. I think it would be really fun for me to kind of do these recordings potentially once every year, right before the baby, you know, turns another year older. Eventually, I won't even be saying the word baby anymore, which is just absolutely crazy. But yeah, I just um, wanted to caveat this whole conversation by saying I am not the end-all be-all of motherhood. I firmly believe that every family and every baby is different and has different needs and priorities. Every single mom chooses to mother her child in a way that works best for her and her baby. And so this is less of like an advice episode and more of like, hey, this is my personal experience. Here are some lessons that I learned along the way that I wish someone had told me during that period of time in my life. But if I say anything that you disagree with, I'm sure there are going to be people that, you know, choose to do things differently in their, you know, parenthood journey and their journey with their business. I love that. I fully support that. I don't think there's one a one size fits all type of path that you can choose in motherhood, which is the beauty and the curse of it as well. Um, it's less of a something you can take a course on and more something you kind of have to be like thrown into the fire with. At least that's my perspective. So just wanted to say that. Um, and then if there's anyone out there who is struggling to become a mom, is curious about becoming a mom, is not a mom yet, has, you know, is struggling in that area, I just want to kind of extend a hug and some love to those people who are in their the waiting period of their parenthood journey. That's really hard. And I just want to say that I respect that. I see you guys. But yeah. Okay. With all that being said, I kind of wanted to just say a couple of like, this is going to be more of like a lessons learned type of episode where it's less about like, oh, like here is what I did that worked and more like here are all the mistakes that I made and things that I wish I would have known from the beginning. So the first kind of subset of lessons that I learned during motherhood, at least during the second year of motherhood, which is the focus of this particular episode, I wanted to just say a couple of things about straight up motherhood. And then I'll talk about motherhood and business because 
anyone who's a mom or who's a parent out there and who is running a business knows that like parenthood in and of itself is a huge challenge. And then when you add another layer of working a full-time job, or I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about full-time. I'm doing air quotes right now. (laughs) I think full-time, like that can actually mean whatever you want it to mean. I don't think it has to mean 40-hour weeks. Um, We'll chat about that a little bit later. But this first section is kind of about motherhood in general and like just a couple lessons I learned there in the second year of my baby's life. I don't know about you guys, but Jen and I are seriously self-proclaimed course junkies and we are super excited to tell you about a brand new course called Shopify Codex. It's a first of its kind Shopify process and development course created by one of our favorite people in the world, Leah Gucciardi from Arc Design Studio. Keep listening because we have an exclusive listener discount for you. So we know that you guys always want to serve your clients the best that you can because me and Esther feel the exact same way. And with e-commerce development, particularly in Shopify, I feel like it's such an in-demand service and they tend to sell for higher ticket prices as well. But do you guys feel like there's such a huge learning curve on Shopify? Because I know I do. And I will be the first one to admit that I have struggled with feeling super limited and boxed in Shopify themes. And I know that I am not the only one who feels this way. Maybe you also don't know how to price or confidently deliver a high-end client experience when you're learning a brand new platform and it feels a little uncomfortable. Totally. And that's why we are so, so excited about Shopify Codex. I have personally seen inside the course and you guys, Leah has gone above and beyond to create a resource that is chock full of so much knowledge that will honestly blow your mind. The course will teach you how to use Shopify's programming language, which is called Liquid, and that will propel your coding skills and help you design beyond the limitations of Shopify's pre-made themes. It also has a massive wiki of resources that over delivers on video trainings on coding skills, templates, how to scope, price sites, book high ticket clients, and break beyond the cookie cutter templates. People who have gone through Leia's program have said that more than just being able to book higher ticket projects, which is super nice, they have left with so much confidence in offering a high level, super customizable Shopify experience for their clients. They've also been able to make back the investment, which is insane, of the course by just selling one Shopify VIP day, which of course Leia teaches from process to pricing to pitching to your clients. I'm gonna be in the course too, so join me in stepping into this new world of Shopify. There is so much to learn and Leia does such a good job of teaching us. And I am so ready to ditch cookie cutter templates and stop boxing in my web design dreams without that burnout of learning it all on my own and just being thrown into the fire. I'm so glad that I get a helping hand and all of you guys. So seriously, you do not want to miss out on this. Head over to shopifycodex.com slash better and use the code better at checkout to get $300 off. I'll see you guys in there. So the first thing that I learned is that it gets better with every month. And I say this because there were a lot of people, I mean, during pregnancy who scared me saying like, oh, get ready to never sleep again. Get ready to never like have time to yourself again. I'm sure any parent out there who has, you know, been through a, either been through a pregnancy from, from yourself, if you're the mom or like you're um, a dad and your wife or partner has been pregnant. 
I'm sure there have been people who have been like meaning, like well-meaning, but have given you advice like, oh, well, you know, just get ready for when they turn two or just get ready for X, Y, Z. I feel like that really extended even further on into the first and second year of his life um, where people were like, oh, you know what? Year three is actually way worse than year two. And I'm like, oh gosh, like, you know, it just, I don't know. I I think one of the things that I wrote down here with this particular lesson was don't let people scare you. I wish that I hadn't internalized as much those types of people saying those little offhand comments. Like, I don't think they were all meant to be like negative or scary or whatever. It's just like, oh, like, well, wait till they start talking. They'll never stop. You know, I mean, that is funny, but like, I am so excited to see Ryder like move on to new phases of life. And I mean, that comes with the good and the bad, right? Like he's able to say like mama for 30 straight minutes in the car, which like not ideal when he's like whining and crying and there's nothing I can do to help him because I'm driving, you know? He's okay in the car seat. He's safe and fed and everything. He's just is antsy and wants to get out. But like, there are wonderful and beautiful things about moving on in each stage and each season. And those come with good things and bad things, you know? Like when he says, mama, 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 for 30 straight minutes, like crying in the backseat of the car because he's antsy and wants to get out and go play, but we're on the road and I can't really do anything, that that's a challenge, you know? That's not something I had to deal with when he was a really little baby. But on the other side of things, like he is really starting to say more consonants and say more words. And it's just really amazing to see him exploring his environment and his world. It's really, really magical. So, I mean, the same thing with tantrums, you know, that's definitely like a new thing for us. It definitely started way earlier than his second birthday. We're not even there yet. And we are well aware of tantrums, but it is cool seeing us, you know, like it's not really fun to try to like enforce timeout on a one-year-old. It's (laughs) any parent out there really feels me on that one. But like, it is cool seeing him. Like the other day he was playing with the dog food and we were like, no, don't touch the dog food. And then he was continuing to do it. He just looks at me with this little evil grin. I'm like, I know what you're thinking. Don't play with the dog food. And he looked at me and making continuous eye contact, like spilled all the dog food on the floor. I was like, okay, you're going to timeout. And so we did timeout. We're trying to do 60 seconds, you know, and he has a little chair that he sits in and everything. He does not like it. <laughs> I don't know anyone who likes timeout. But, you know, the other day he did the same thing with my husband where he was like trying to play with the dog food. He knows he's not supposed to. And my husband looked at him and said, Ryder, if you play with that dog food, you're going to go to timeout. And he like stopped what he was doing. And then he walked over to his timeout chair and put himself in timeout. (laughs) So it's like, it's just like those funny things where it's like, oh, this is so incredibly frustrating, like with tantrums when you're in public or whatever. But then you can start to see them growing and like he wants to listen for the most part, you know? So um, it's just like those little moments where it's like, wow, he's so smart. Like he remembered that we did that and maybe he kind of went too far in the other direction, but I don't know. My, my point is that it gets better with every month. Um, at least for me, I know that there are some moms out there who like absolutely adore the postpartum period. They love having like a little, little baby. I was not one of those moms and I will be so open about that. The postpartum period, even the first whole year of his life was really, really challenging. I had a lot of um, breastfeeding challenges. He was a really hard sleeper. <laughs> he was not a great sleeper in the beginning. Now he's an incredible sleeper. So having him be a bad sleeper in the beginning, I feel like had some sort of impact on him being a good sleeper now. So 
going through that difficult sleeping period was worth it. But anyways, that's my thought. Don't let people scare you and it gets better. The second lesson that I learned that's just motherhood based is that there will be new challenges with every season, but every season is its own season. So this kind of goes back to what I was saying with, you know, the whole little tantrum and timeout story. I don't have to struggle with breastfeeding anymore. Thankfully, he does sleep through the night. He's a great sleeper now, but you know, every problem and issue that we're having now, we recognize that, hey, this isn't going to be forever. I, I know I knew that in the beginning, in the first two years, but it was so hard for me to not believe that my current reality was going to be my reality forever. Like, it was like I was stuck in this like time warp where I was like, okay, well, I'm literally never going to sleep again. Like, he's never going to be a good napper. Like, I'm never going to be able to work again. You know, like there were all of these thoughts that I had in the moment, like, this is the way that things are right now, but they're never going to change. Definitely not true. Every single week is different. And any parent will, will tell you that it is. So, so different. I mean, sometimes even day to day when you have such a little baby, things have gotten a lot more consistent, which has been incredible. And so what I'm trying to do just to really honor the season that we're in is to just remember that like he is never going to be this small again, which like makes me want to cry. Not going to cry, but like just to relish in the good and the bad because I mean, obviously it's exhausting having a toddler. So I'm not saying like, oh, it's so perfect and amazing every single day. It's definitely a huge challenge, probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. But just trying to remind myself that like every season is a season. And so the good things aren't going to last, but the bad things also aren't going to last. But then there'll be other good things and other bad things in the future. And it really is just like completely changing constantly. And I feel like that kind of leads me into lessons learned about motherhood and business. I feel like the same thing can be said about your business. Like it might seem in the moment, if you're in a slow period of time, like you will never get another client or you're going to have like six $0 months back to back. I get that because (laughs) I feel that way all the time about like being in a situation with a a client who's not loving the, the the direction that I'm going, like, oh, I'm the worst designer. Like, the clients are never going to like what I lo- what I what I give them, you know. But like, it really is just a moment in time. And if you like work through it, you'll learn from it, and it'll make your next project even better. And you'll update your contract. And I don't know. I think that there is a really great lesson to learn there from motherhood to business. That like, everything's a season. Slow seasons are slow seasons. Like high income seasons are high income seasons, you know, of course, like you can level up, you can continue to make more, but I don't know a single business owner in the creative space like us who has a completely consistent month to month income. That's why I like paying myself a salary because I know exactly how much money I'm going to be making every month with my salary. That helps if, you know, you're able to save up a little bit to have a cushion for low income months. But yeah, those are just my thoughts about and seasons in business. I know that that's not the newest metaphor out there, but it's something that like has been really, really helpful for me in recognizing that like not everything is going to be the same all the time. And then there's a beauty in that. So the first thing I have written down here is that childcare is key. And I put in parentheses for us. I really wish that I, if I could go back and like have a conversation with myself like six months postpartum, which I believe is around the time that I recorded this last episode. I wish I could tell myself like, 
you're not the only one who can take care of this baby. Like for some reason, I had this weird thing in my mind where like, I thought that like, I was the only one who truly knew what the baby needed. And that's because I didn't let anyone else, like, you know, a babysitter or even like, you know, family members. I feel like I never like actually let go enough in order to like even take a couple hours away. You know, obviously breastfeeding, that's a huge challenge. You know, I I was pumping a little bit, you know, just for a little bit more freedom, but I don't know that it's just so hard, you know, and I think for your first child, it seemed impossible to me that someone else would be able to care for him for a couple hours so that I could work. And so I put all this insane pressure on myself to do the nap time hustle with a newborn who only really napped from like 20 or 30 minutes at a time in the beginning. And the naps were so inconsistent. I never knew when I was going to have time to work. I really wish that I had kind of instituted maybe even just one day a week where I had a babysitter come over for a couple hours so that I could at least get a good chunk of, of work done that day. That's what we did in the beginning, starting at around seven or eight months, or maybe it was around six months. We started having a babysitter come twice a week and it was just for four hours each day. So it was, an, it was eight hours total a week. Life-changing, absolutely life-changing. And I think there's a lot of conversation in the brand design and web design world, like the boutique studio world that, that you and I are in. But... If you're a mom and you're struggling to be able to get things done, I made a mistake. And this might not be a mistake for everyone, but it was a mistake for me. Rather than getting even just a little bit of childcare, I started hiring out parts of my business that I actually love to do. So I started hiring out brand design because I was like, I don't have time to do this. Rather than being like, you know what? I'm okay with having a babysitter come over for just eight hours a week in order to get the work done that I needed to, I was paying someone much more money to be a brand designer on my team. And I was also, you know, takes a little bit of time to manage someone. You know, I had, I worked with incredible women, loved the people that I worked with, but looking back, I mean, it ate into my profits. It was a little bit more time consuming in terms of like managing and giving internal rounds of feedback and stuff like that. I really wish that I had just gotten a little bit more childcare, which is much cheaper. Um, So the profitability is a little higher there and then been able to just kind of like handle it on my own. I know that's not the most popular piece of advice because like, oh, in order to scale, like you need to outsource, you need to outsource, you know? And so that's what I was kind of thinking. But at least for myself at that period of time, I do wish that I had spent less money on subcontractors gotten just a little bit more childcare, really gotten my schedule to a place where I was able to be more consistent with my working hours due to having someone there with the baby. And then I would have been more profitable. I would have been spending less time managing people. And I wouldn't have been feeling so incredibly stressed out about like not having enough time to get things done. So that's my hot take on outsourcing. And I think uh, this kind of like feeds into like another one of the, like, the bullet points that I wrote down that it's okay for your priorities to change within every season of motherhood, not just when you get pregnant, not just when you have the baby, not just after postpartum. It is okay for like month to month. If you want to change your priorities, you want to change the way you do things. That is the freedom that we afford ourselves by being our own bosses. And so I feel like I wish that I had let myself really decide what it was I actually wanted rather than trying to carry over a goal and a dream that I had prior to becoming a mom and trying to like force that 
to happen in a period of time that just like wasn't aligned with that. So what I mean by that is that prior to becoming a mom and even like within the first year of writer's life, I was like, I want to be an agency. I want to have a team. I want to have like, you know, I want to be able to hire a full-time employee. You know, I would love to have like an in-person like boutique studio, like, you know, that type of thing. And it really had a really big impact on my net revenue. You know, my, my gross revenue in 2021 was really high. And then when I looked at my net revenue, you know, it was still high and I'm still so grateful. I was able to pay my salary, no problem. I was able to bonus myself some money, but it really, compared to my gross revenue, it was not the percentage that I wanted basically. And so I wish I could go back and rather than just really trying to do that nap time hustle and trying to like, just, you know, pull those late night hours, work for 20 or 30 minutes here and there and manage an entire team at the same time. I wish that I had just like allowed myself to revision and like revisit what I really wanted for my business and the structure that I wanted for my business. So that now looks like me doing all of the design work. I have a production designer who's incredible, who handles kind of more of the, you know, logo export. She makes style guides for me. She helps export additional logos or make some small tweaks here and there. She helps prep stuff for web and photos and assets and stuff like that which is incredible. But I mean, the majority and the bulk of the creative work is done by me, which is, it's something that I love. I realize that I love that. I know I have a friend who, you know, they are moving into more of an agency format and they are so happy and so excited about it. And I fully support that. I think that's incredible. If that is what you want, I think that you should go for it. That might be what I want in three years, you know, but I realize that for myself, at least in this really intense season of my life, when I have a toddler who is very energetic and, you know, like I have such limited working hours, I really didn't want that for myself right now. Um, I think it'd be so amazing to have like a cute, you know, studio, maybe to have a full time employee or two in a couple of years. But I just kind of let myself remove that pressure from myself and my business and really just let myself keep it small and lean and nimble and just all the things that I feel really contribute to me having these limited working hours. And, you know, I don't have to manage a ton of people. That's another thing. So I think outsourcing is incredible, especially when you find the right people. I was so blessed to work with incredible subcontractors. I loved them all. It was not due to anything that they had done that I kind of started to pull back and go more towards, you know, kind of me just doing a little bit more of the design work. It really was like, I miss doing the branding. You know, I was outsourcing all these branding projects. I was like, man, like I wanted to get messy. Like I wanted to get to like do the actual design work. Like I wanted to be the one creating the mood boards. I mean, you guys know how much I love mood boarding, but like, I don't know. I just, I was missing that a lot. And so I was like, you know what? Even though that this used to be a goal um, and a dream of mine, that doesn't mean that I need to be working towards that particular structure of my business every single day in this really intense season. So just kind of kind of wrap up that thought there. Another thing that was a lesson that I learned was that I really wish that I had not let my work time spill over into my mom time. And it's almost impossible when you have a toddler around to be on the computer working, at least in a focused, productive way. If anyone else has figured out the secret to that, please let me know. Um, I literally do not know anyone who can get focus work done while their toddler is running around. What I mean by this is that like the mental load was really heavy 
when I was even, even after I was done working for the day, I would still be thinking like, okay, I wonder if this person's going to email me. Um, I would still, you know, really be heavily involved in Voxer. I would still be trying to do like little things like respond to slacks and, you know, respond to emails like while I was with writer and that didn't work out because it made me feel even more guilty. We'll talk about mom guilt in a second, but like, it wasn't ideal. You know, it just really, it made me feel guilty. Writer didn't love when I was on my phone. Um, that's not the type of quality time that I was looking for in my life. And so I wish that I could go back and tell myself like, Hey, it's okay to completely shut off. You know, like it is, it's more than okay. You need to do that. You know, like it's, it's not something that you can just work half, half work and half be there with him, you know? So I think, so this is something that I've been struggling with recently and I've been really getting better at is not having the email app on my phone. I actually went and saved like Facebook and Instagram, like the browser versions. I saved them as like adult websites on my phone because I didn't want to be checking them. You know, like my phone will literally block that stuff if I try to go on which literally sounds crazy. It's like, well, just don't go on. And you know, anyone who's ever had a social media addiction can understand. Sometimes it's a little bit more complicated than that, but I feel like it's something that I'm working on right now. Um, but I really do wish that I had thought about even just the thinking part of it, (laughs) you know, like if I'm sitting there not really being present with brighter and thinking about like a work thing, stressing, being distracted, like, it's not as something that you can just change with a snap of your finger. It is something that's going to take a little bit more time. But I wish that I had known just how much time I was missing out on, even when I was physically there with Ryder. I just really wasn't mentally there. So that's just something that I'm currently working on. Something that I, you know, wanted to, to chat about quickly, kind of with this like transition from one to two, because when they're a newborn, like you are holding them, like you cannot pick up your phone. (laughs) At least that's the way it was during my postpartum period. And for a lot of the first year of his life, but now like there's little pockets of time where he's like kind of playing by himself. He's like running around in the yard, you know, like I don't want those moments to be, okay, I can finally pick up my phone and check my email. Like I want those moments to be me looking at him and like, you know, when he looks at me, cause he's done something cool. Like he did a somersault. Like I want to I want him to look at me and see my eye contact. You know what I mean? So it's hard. And I think that like kind of leads into mom guilt. I put a bullet point on here. You guys are going to laugh. It just says mom guilt sucks. (laughs) That's my bullet point. I don't really have anything like groundbreaking to share here, but mom guilt just doesn't go away. I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think for any working parent, there is going to be a level of like, I should be with my kid right now. Like, you know, but also at the same time, like I fully know that I do not want to like stay home with him full time. I love my business. I love the design. I I feel challenged by it. I love being able to I mean, currently I'm the breadwinner for our family, you know, like that what an incredible way to show my son like hey, like this is what women can do, you know, like just to be an example for him. Like that is so important and special to me, and I know that a lot of working moms feel the same way. But that doesn't mean that like when you hear him, you know, laughing with his babysitter or if you have like if your partner is home with him and or them and they're going to go and do something fun, like go to the pool or go to the beach and like you're working. It's like, I don't know. I always think I should be there, you know, and I'm trying to work on that thought to be like, no, like look at all the amazing things I'm able to provide for our family by working. Like we're able to go on vacations and like I'm able to spend 
so much more time with him than if I was working full time out of the house and, you know, being grateful for the time that I do spend apart from him, not just because I get to sit in the seat and not get up and like chase around a crazy toddler, but also because like of all the wonderful things that I just listed that, you know, my business does bring into my life and how it does benefit him, you know? So just kind of like working on reframing that, but that is, I mean, I don't know if it's a lesson. It's more of like a, Hey, like this is a real thing. You know, mom guilt sucks. It's not ever going to fully go away. Um, I was waiting for it to go away in the first year. I was like, when is this going to stop? Because this sucks. And spoiler alert, (laughs) I think any working mom out there might be like, all right, Jen. Yeah. Like you're starting to really understand like, and this is just hard (laughs) and it just, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. Same thing with imposter syndrome. Like if you're not a parent yet, I think that's a good comparison is that like, no matter how old your kids are, no matter how old your business is, no matter how many years of experience you have, you're still going to feel a little bit of imposter syndrome every now and then at the least, you know? So I think it's more about like getting really comfortable with it and finding ways to deal with it and to be able to manage it basically. Just a couple of things um, to share at the end is, I mean, like these little one-person episodes are a little bit shorter than our our other ones just because, I mean, y'all know I could talk to a brick wall for six hours, but I want to subject you to that. <laughs> Last couple of things that I wanted to chat quickly about in terms of like lessons that I learned in the second year of my baby's business um, is, this is something I've shared before, but there is no such thing as balance. People will say like, oh, how do you balance like motherhood and business? It's like, well, I don't. <laughs> I fail every day. And that's just part of life, you know, same thing with parenting. If you're, you know, if someone is a stay at home parent, there's no way you can be completely perfect. And what does perfect even mean? You know, so the same thing is like, I want to challenge, like, what does balance even mean? You know what I mean? Um, So I like the word harmony. You guys know, I've talked about like holistic harmony, a shout out to by Ashley Henry. Um, She's my marketing consultant and she has a podcast episode with us as well. But, you know, harmony feels more like an ebb and a flow, a give and a take, a season. Some weeks, if I'm in crazy launch modes, like I'm going to be working more hours. I'm going to be working after the baby goes to bed. I'm not going to be able to do those like random trips during the middle of the week. But then some weeks, like I won't have active client projects going on. Like I'm building, you know, rest and vacation into my schedule. We have another whole episode about that. That's what I feel like people are searching for rather than balance. Because like I said, I don't know an entrepreneur in the world who, you know, at least in the creative field is making the same dollar amount every single month in gross revenue. (laughs) Same way with like motherhood and parenthood and business. Like I don't know a single mom out there who has their schedule so down pat that they are spending the exact same time working and the exact same time with their kid and the exact same time with their partner. I just don't think that that's possible or realistic, you know? So I think that kind of letting go of that, like, oh, like everything has to be so perfectly balanced. And, you know, like, you know, I have to make sure that I'm cooking and working out and, you know, taking care of myself, but also my business and my toddler, like you're going to fail. Things are going to crash and burn. Like your kid's going to get sick. You're going to get sick. Your schedule's going to fly out the window. A client's going to be upset. You're going to forget about a meeting. You're going to lose out on a client. Like, things are going to go wrong. (laughs) Um, And you guys don't need me to tell you that. But I think um, letting go of this ideal of this work-life balance or this motherhood work balance, like 
in favor of more of like, hey, this is a season, this is a busy season, I'm going to be working more, or hey, this is a slower season, or like this season, I'm not going to show up on social media at all. Like, give yourself permission not to do that if that doesn't fit in with what works for you right now. And then some seasons, like you're on Instagram every single day, you know, and that's that works for you, you know. Um, I feel like every single thing that we talk about on the podcast boils down to this one piece of advice is like, if it works for you, do it. If it doesn't work for you, don't do it. You know, if it's exciting, do it. If it's not exciting to you, don't do it. You know, like, I mean, that's obviously an oversimplification. Obviously, there's going to be things that we need to do that we don't necessarily really want to do in our business, like me going through my QuickBooks and reconciling my bank accounts. Um, I do have a little bit of support there with my bookkeeper, but, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like structuring your business and your day to day in a way that supports your life, structuring your business in a way that supports your lifestyle and not the other way around. That's kind of more what I'm talking about. So I wrote down no such thing as balance, seasons, seasons, seasons. I think I've said the word seasons like a billion times on this episode. And then kind of like the last point that I wanted to make here um, as a kind of recap of the second year of writer's life. I don't want to be like negative here. So maybe I'll finish up with a positive thought, but like you will have days and weeks and sometimes even months where it feels like this wasn't meant to happen together. Like some, there are some days and weeks that I question, like, why am I even putting myself through this? Like, why am I even doing this struggle of having a business and trying to be a mom at the same time? Like, it feels like they're just at odds with each other sometimes. I have heard, you know, that called, you know, a day where you just want to burn it all down. So it's a burn it all down day or burn it all down week. I think that's more common than not um, when you throw parenthood into the mix with business as well. But I, like I said earlier, like I don't want to do just one or the other, you know, like I would never give up my son for a million, you know, for any reason or dollar amount or success level that I reach, obviously, you know, like, of course, if I had to give up my business or my baby, I would give up my business, you know, no questions asked. But like, I also know that I probably wouldn't be very fulfilled if I was, you know, a stay-at-home mom or if I was with Ryder all day. Of course, I'd be fulfilled in, you know, the family part. And I would love, I love being his mom. He's just the most incredible little boy. But, you know, I have this creative side of me. And so if I wasn't doing this business, I know I would be doing something else. I'd be volunteering. I'd be, you know, painting. I'd be, you know, I'd go back to Etsy and I would do that, you know. So like there is just always going to be some sort of like creativity that like pours out of my soul. It's just who I am. And so like, I just want to encourage any parent out there who's experiencing a really tough season. Maybe it's you're not at the the level where you can afford childcare yet, but you're kind of at that breaking point where you kind of need it. You know, that's a really tough spot to be in and there's no easy fix for that, you know. Of course, you know, I could say just go for the childcare and then the money will come, but like Sometimes it's a little bit more complicated than that. And I recognize that. Or, you know, if you're a new mom and your baby's not sleeping and you just feel like creatively completely drained, like I've been there. (laughs) It's hard. The last bullet point I have here is just, this is hard with a ton of exclamation points. And I think it's important to like talk about that, you know, not in a way that we are complaining about the beautiful gift that we've been given, you know, whether you are, you know, a person of faith or not, like I believe children are gifts from God, you know, like nothing can ever convince me otherwise, you know, but like that still doesn't 
negate the fact that like the day-to-day life of running a business and having a toddler at the same time is really, really challenging and energy draining, you know? So I think it's okay for those things to coexist. Like I love my child more than anything in the whole world. And it's really difficult to take care of a toddler and run a business at the same time. I think those two things, it's okay for them to exist together. I mean, with all that being said, like I have never felt the sense of fulfillment that I feel when I go to bed at the end of the day after having, you know, worked on my business the first half of the day, taking care of Ryder the second half of the day, or also at the end of the day, you know, on a weekend day when a Friday where I take off, I'm like, I worked so hard this week. I'm so grateful that I'm able to work hard so that I can have, you know, this time with him. Um, And so grateful to my business for supporting the lifestyle that I want. So it's like this beautiful, difficult, draining, wonderful conglomeration of emotion. Um, And I'm sure parents out there are, you know, can agree with that, that like, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. But at the same time, like I wouldn't give any of it up. I wouldn't change it for a second. It brings a whole sense of like, I don't want to say accomplishment, but just, just this fulfillment of like, I know that I'm living the life that I was meant to live. And that's all I want for you guys. You know, like conversations like this, like lessons I learned during motherhood, or even if we're talking about business stuff, like all I want is for you guys to go to sleep at the end of the day, knowing that you're living the life that you were meant to live, whether you believe that that is, you know, from God or from the universe or whatever, like that's the type of fulfillment I want everyone to have, you know? So anyways, that's my soapbox (laughs) for the day. Let me know what you thought about this particular episode. I know that the other episode that I did about motherhood has been one of our most popular episodes. And so, you know, who am I to keep this second version from you guys? If you're not a parent, still reach out. If you are a parent and you have a specific question about the way that I do things or you are curious about something, shoot me a DM on Instagram. We have a couple listeners who will like DM me after every episode drops. And they're literally my favorite type of DM to receive. I think we're a small enough podcast, at least right now, to where I can confidently be like, yeah, I'll respond to you. Might not be right away, but please shoot me a DM um, at Hello June Creative on Instagram um, so that you can tell me what you think about, about today's episode. But thank you guys for listening so much. Um, this was really fun to just be able to sit down and chit chat with you guys. Um, obviously love Esther to death, but there is something special about it just being, you know, one of us literally talking to you guys, you know, which is super cool. So I hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday or whenever you're listening and I will see you again next week. Bye guys. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.